Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Berry, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk about the NBA, the NHL, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 220. Batters facing Shohei Otani for the third time in a game this season are 0 and 24 with 15 strikeouts. That this this man is insane. Um, these last two facts, these are from MLB.com. Uh, shout out to Sarah Langs. He's also allowed just eight hits so far in the season out of 105 batters faced, and that is the fewest in a pitcher's first five starts of a year since at least 1901 when they started tracking, um, with a minimum of 20 innings. Uh, pitch throughout the season of course of those eight hits just two have gone for extra bases both those were doubles um like insane stats out of otani so far this season and, and i'd also like to point out that he's on my fantasy team so suck it all of you that is all it's kind of what happens when you get the number one overall draft pick yeah, i'm not i'm not that impressed by your drafting acumen by taking Shohei at one yeah taking the best player at number one overall is not impressive mm-hmm uh yeah not in baseball at least what would be more impressive is whoever goes out and is able to get him at the trade deadline if the angels are out of contention when the angels oh. are out of contention the angels yeah. probably yeah. Bad. do you think they could realistically trade both mike trout and shohei otani yes, i think yes. they do sure. i i think i i talked about this in our our season preview, I think, right? But yeah, the, I think the so. The owner wants to sell the team, and you know what makes your team infinitely more attractive? Not having to pay Mike Trout $400 million. I thought that he walked back maybe wanting to sell the team now. He he did, but rumor is it's just because nobody was going to offer him what he wanted, not because he actually doesn't oh, gotcha. want to sell the team. Yeah. So th- that's why I'm thinking they're both going to get traded, because it makes the team more attractive, and he's more likely to get the price he wants if they're both gone. Just an absolute failure. I mean, yeah, that's for sure. Speaking of absolute failures, uh, sometimes deemed this podcast, but also deemed the Oakland Athletics. I w- am going to derail this because I forgot that there was some significant news in the MLB this week. The Oakland Athletics are now under a contractually binding agreement to purchase land in Vegas off the Vegas Strip. Yeah, about, about a mile from the Vegas, from the Raiders Stadium. How do how do we feel about Oakland, the baseball team, the franchise, basically going in, tanking a lot, and now up and moving to Vegas? What are our thoughts there? This uh, it feels very personal to me because that's basically the exact same thing that Stan Kroenke did with the Rams. He intentionally made them suck, and then acted like I don't know why no one's coming, and then moved into L.A. So I think that's a scummy move. I don't ever love teams moving. And then in addition, to even spin it farther, uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, put out a little statement that was mad at the Athletics because they had postured this entire time like they were going to get land in Oakland to build a new stadium, then just decided to move to Vegas. So instead of the Raiders moving to Oakland and getting that new land, which they thought was not available, they moved to Oakland to vegas instead so now oakland has nobody where they would have preferred to stay in oakland and maybe that's true maybe it isn't but that's what he said so i think that's kind of interesting as well i mean he was he was also pissed off that the athletics wouldn't go about 
and finalize the deal on the land so that they could have a better stadium if they were going to continue sharing stadium locations. Um, so they also went out just on their own. They're like, well, we're better off on our own too. Well, also, let's not forget that the A's owner is the cheapest in all of baseball. So that complicates all of this too. But we can all agree that the Oakland Coliseum needs to be replaced. Yes. We can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I I hate to see the team leave Oakland because I mean when they've been good, their fans have supported them, right? It's not like a Tampa Bay situation where they're good and their fans still don't care. Like when the A's are good, their fans will be there. Um so you sort of feel for Oakland now losing their football team and their baseball team. But um And they basically lost their uh basketball team too. With yeah. uh, the new Warrior Stadium far away from Oakland, basically in San Francisco. So we'll see. I mean, this certainly doesn't mean that Oakland is for sure moving. I mean, right? They could easily buy this land and find somebody else to sell it to, right? True. Um, but, I mean, Oakland's mayor is also upset because now Oakland feels like they have been getting played by the A's just to get a better deal from Vegas. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's what they feel. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but they're burning bridges in Oakland. So we'll see. Another crazy thing. We tweeted it out. Just the, the sheer amount of teams that Vegas has accumulated over the last like five years. Is it insane? Any teams. Now they have like five or six pro teams. Yeah. It's It's amazing what happens when the leagues start, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Investing isn't the right word, but uh, advertising with uh, sports betting. Suddenly mm, the, the, old, the old Vegas taboo, right? You don't want a team in Vegas because you don't want the ties to gambling. Suddenly, no, uh, suddenly that doesn't. Yeah, suddenly it's a good thing to have those ties to gambling. So as long as you don't do it in your uh, building. Yeah. Shout out Detroit Lions. And one Washington Commanders <laughs> quarterback. So. Good for you guys. Uh, hope you learned your lesson. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've been totally sidetracked, anybody else want to say anything about baseball since we've just been sidetracked? At least I, I want to put it out there that I agree with Ariane. This smells like a 2010 to 2015 Steve Kroenke move right now from the A's. But, we, we could be done with it now. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it is as much just because – Right? The the stadium in St. Louis, I forget what it's called, Ariane. It used to be the Edward Jones Dome. It, it now they like to call it the Battle Dome. It doesn't yeah. suck, though. It doesn't. That's true. It's not right? that, that bad. That's, that's the difference. Is They didn't need a new stadium in St. Louis, and they do in Oakland. That's the difference yeah. to me. That is a difference. That's fair. Like, not saying I support them leaving, but they do need a new stadium. just seems like they could have worked a little harder to do something, and I don't think that there was... I, I think that that was a convenient excuse for them to go where they wanted to go. I disagree with you. That's fair. Anyway, um, NBA. NBA is next. And what happened in the NBA? Yeah, we got the playoffs going on. Whole, whole bunch of games every night because the first round is, you know, more than half of the NBA. Uh, and it's a seven game series for all of those. So we're just going to go over how the series stand right now. If I see something that's interesting, we can jump on that, but I'll keep it pretty short. Uh, the Bucks are down to the heat, two games to one. Giannis has missed both of the two last games and however much he went out in the first game. So it's a, it's a little different than it looks. 
on paper because Giannis hasn't played those games. Uh, the Celtics are leading Atlanta two to one. The 76ers. Isn't it three to one now since that game suspended? Oh, three to one now. Yes. Uh, the 76ers swept the Nets. Uh, Embiid was out for game four with the sprained right knee. And the last article I said said he was, quote, probably 50% for starting the next series. So we'll have to keep an eye on him there. But his absence was not a big deal as the Nets are basically just a awkward carcass of remainders of trades from when they used to have stars on their team. The Knicks are up 3-1 to one on the Cavs. The Nuggets are up 3-0 on the Timberwolves. That game just started, I believe. The Wolves are winning 5 to nothing. We'll see if they can steal one game. Or two or three or four. Yeah, or whatever they want to do. Or just go home, you know, book their tickets to Cancun and get on their way. They are already home, though. That's fair. But maybe like a nicer, warmer home for the summer. It's very warm in Minnesota in the summer. Okay, well, a nicer place than Minnesota. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what do you think it's Minnesota? A nice tropical island somewhere where you can sip fruity drinks by the ocean. Why don't you want to sip fruity drinks by a lake? We got lots of those. Oh, that's true. I have heard that uh, Minnesota has a couple lakes. Um, the Lakers are up 2-1 on the Grizzlies. Ja did miss a game with a sore right hand. The Grizzlies did win that game, though, and then he came back for game three and they lost. So actually, the games Ja has played, they've lost. The one he missed, they won. Go figure. Makes sense. Um, I believe Kyle said that <laughs> the Grizzlies are all drama. I believe that is what you said. You are correct. I did, I did say the Grizzlies are drama. Uh, yes. Like Dylan Brooks, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, He's talking. Dylan but then he doesn't is, even show up to this post game press conference. No, and he, I mean he, he's not he's not that good. Dylan Brooks is a good defender. I'll give that to him. He is above average as a defender. But if he doesn't think he's Kobe Bryant on offense, and he is very much not, he just breaks up shots all game long, and he does not. He has no cognizance of like that he should maybe stop shooting. And then he said he didn't care about LeBron because he was too old and you don't get any respect until you hang 40 on him. I'm like, well, LeBron just gave you like 37 last game, but I guess that's not good enough for you. And then he got ejected halftime of last game because he smacked LeBron in his uh, nether regions. So I guess that's one good way to not have 40 hung on you is to just get just get ejected at halftime and leave. Um, Honestly, I love it, though. I think it's hilarious to have someone who's just talking trash that is not based in reality in any fashion or form it's funny i don't know if he means it to be funny but it's very funny to me and i like i like reading it i like seeing it especially when they're gonna lose as like the two seed or three seed that'll be embarrassing but uh go for it man talk your talk brooks do what you want to do and uh in another contentious series the kings and the warriors are tied 2-2 right now uh, what got everybody talking earlier in that series was Draymond Green doing Draymond Green things, as he always does. Uh, at the end of game one, he flopped onto Demonis Sabonis and then sat on him again because that's Draymond's signature move is to just fall on people and pretend like he doesn't know how to get up like he's a toddler with no motor control. <laughs> um, and then in game two, uh, there was a little scrum. Demonis Sabonis fell on the floor. At one point, he had a hold of Draymond's ankle, and then Draymond lifted his foot up, came down on his chest, 
And then he did what I termed to be like some type of kickflip off of the chest of Demonis Sabonis. Both those legs went out in the air. It looked very weird. And then he ran down. He got ejected for that and suspended for game three. Um, there was lots and lots and lots of talk on this. People seemed to be divided over whether or not that was suspension worthy for a game or not. So I was curious what you guys' opinions on that were. I assume we have all seen that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I sort of, my initial reaction was that it was being overhyped somewhat. Like, was it ejectable? Yeah, probably. But it wasn't like he just out of nowhere came down and stomped on him, right? Like, he, uh, Sabonis did grab his ankle Yes, he probably could have not, you know, put all his weight down there on him. Like I said, it was probably ejectable. But, I mean, it's not like this was assault by any means, right? And that makes me want to give Draymond Green the benefit of the doubt. But Draymond Green isn't a player who deserves the benefit of the doubt in a situation like this anymore, right? Yes, all of that benefit of the doubt has been used up. This is what you should... Benefit of the doubt now is assuming that he did it on purpose. Right. Yes. Because he oft does. If this was a player that was not of Draymond Green's reputation, I assume Steph Curry did it. Nobody's uh, he'll get he'll get kicked out of the game, but he's not getting suspended for a game, right? Because he doesn't have that track record. Yep, yep. Kyle, what did you think about it? I I mean, I I agree with Mike on on this one. Um, When I first looked at it, I was like, yeah, eject the guy. He's probably not going to get suspended, and then it's. Like when I see that he gets suspended, I I don't have issue with it, uh, because it is Draymond Green. Um, it, well, I yeah, I I don't know. I don't think it was the most egregious thing that he's ever done in a playoff series uh, to earn a suspension. Um, but his track record probably had to play into that a little bit. So it is what it is. That man does what he wants to. He beats to his own drum. The unfortunate thing is there was a narrative out there. Um, I'm not going to openly say who said this, but Colin Cowherd um, did go out on a limb and say that Draymond Green is the true, is the last 80s style NBA player. Who cares? Like, who who cares? He sure he does dirty work, but the NBA now is not the NBA in the 80s. It is a completely different game. Stop saying that we should accommodate for him just because he wants to like play that style of basketball. He is someone who goes out and tries to rile people up. He riles himself up and he gets into tussles and fights and that's what happens. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You stomp on someone's chest, and you have your track record, you get a suspension. Get over it. I mean, this guy literally punched one of his teammates in the face earlier this season. So, uh, I don't know. My one criticism, I've heard that before. Draymond Green is an old-school player. Draymond Green, you know, he's like a tough guy. I was just talking to this about this. Like, Bill Lambeer is known as like the worst guy of the bad boys Pistons. He's going to clothesline you out of the air. He's going to hit you in the face. He's going to do dirty stuff. And then he's going to tell you after the game that he did it on purpose. My issue with Draymond Green in that aspect is he always pretends 
like he didn't do it. He he, it's so ridiculous. Nobody believes it, but he always acts like he's never done any of it. He doesn't know what you're talking. about. I'm kicking in the nuts three times in one series, and I've never done it before. I don't know what you're talking about. Total accident. I I, I thought he should have been suspended when I saw the play immediately. Just what Draymond does. And in the press release, they also spoke about the fact that he stood on the sidelines on a chair and yelled at the uh, uh, Sacramento audience, uh, referring to them as some lewd names and grabbing his uh, manhood at them. So I think that played into it as well. Isn't Doesn't he have to like leave the arena after he gets ejected? Like, how is he standing on the bench? Or is this before he got They ejected? were reviewing, so they hadn't ejected him yet. Gotcha. Okay. So he was just taunting the crowd. There's a really hilarious camera shot of Draymond doing that, and then they pan over across, and Adam Silver is just in the audience. He's just watching. <laughs> and I'm like, usually doing stuff like that, not the best when your boss is over there. Um, but Draymond Green has a big history of doing things to people when they're down. I think in the last week of the season, uh, Herb Jones of the Pelicans fell down, and Draymond Green flopped over and kicked him in the head. So if you're demonic, Honest, you're gonna put your head, your hands up towards your head, so your great Draymond doesn't kick you in the face. By the time Draymond's foot is up in the air, no one is touching it. He has full mobility to do whatever he'd like. To say that Demonis grabbed his ankle, I think, is even an overstatement. It was contact for sure, and then he jumped off of him too. He didn't like put his weight down and like try and get off of it he was like time to do i'm just gonna jump i'm gonna jump like super mario off your ribs and that is not a normal response to anything and i think we all have pets maybe not kyle but everybody has a pet right pet gets underfoot you don't just like stomp it to death like you're gonna move your ankle and not try and crush it that is not a normal human instinct to just push down with all your weight and jump off of it you cannot tell me that was not intentional when he saw that. And today was his first game after the suspension. He immediately poked somebody in the eye. He's poked like six people in the eye. He does this constantly. I think it's crazy. But yeah, sorry. I definitely think this is way. I mean, I don't know if it was over. I don't want to say it was overly egregious. I do think this is worse than what Joel Embiid did. I do too. Um, so what, if people are and, like, and well, Embiid Joel doesn't Embiid, have the track record. Right. Well, if, right. I have heard some people say, why didn't Joel Embiid get suspended either? And I'm like, because A, Joel Embiid isn't known as a dirty player like Draymond Green is. And Joel Embiid doesn't have a history of just doing this and acting that way and acting like a five-year-old that needs additional discipline like he learns by getting a technical foul did he he got no he didn't get ejected for that that he was just technical ejected, which i was so, surprised at. I, I don't know to be fair james harden though, got suspended in that same game for very incidentally brushing somebody in the same area which yeah i was surprised about with, with the joel and bead thing though whoever nick claxton was nick kind claxton, of a yeah he was. He did the same thing that LeBron did to Draymond in the finals, yeah. where he walked over him and Draymond tried to punch him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you consciously stepped over him. People aren't going to take lightly or take lightly to that. Right. Joel Embiid got mad. He had he had a right to get upset. Now, did he need to full on high <laughs> leg kick up yeah. into his 
you know, privates? Probably not. Um, but that's definitely but, that but was Nick the Claxton goal. played a played a stupid game and he got a stupid prize because of what he, he also did. got it. Nick Claxton also got ejected in that game because he got a technical for that, and then he got another technical for I think staring down Joel after dunking all over him. So, you know. It happens, but D- Nick Claxton was trying to get Joel Embiid mad, and he yes, did. So clearly, it, it worked. worked. But yeah, uh, so uh, a lot of technicals, a lot of stuff going on in the 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 playoffs. So we'll see if that continues. It's been interesting so far. A lot of argument about, about whether it is worse than hitting somebody in the groin is worse than stomping on somebody in the ribs. So not a conversation I've had in the basketball since. Um, and then we have one game to wrap it up series that I haven't talked about. Uh, the Suns are up three to one on the Clippers. The Clippers in classic Clippers fashion are playing without Kawhi or Paul George because they're both injured. Yeah, bummer there. Russell Westbrook has been playing really well this series. He played really well last game, too. So I'm, I'm happy that he's on a team where he can play a little bit better than the terribly built roster that was the Lakers before they made those trades. Um, and that's everything we got so far, and I'll keep you updated next week, and we can go from one playoffs to the other unless anybody has any questions. No, I mean, it seems to make sense to me. Sweet. Let's jump on uh, from the hardwood to the ice. One question that I do have, if Giannis is unable to go the rest of the series, A, do we know that, and B, are the Bucks in trouble? We do not know anything currently. He's day to day, basically. Yeah. They say he practiced, but that's all we really know. Um, I would say I would still expect the Bucks to win that series. Honestly, I am surprised that the Heat are leading, but if I had to put money on it, I would still bet Bucks. Well, because did, did Tyler Hero come back at all, or is he done? No, those? he's done. And Oladipo just got injured today as well, I believe. So oh, they're yeah. they're thin in the backcourt now with two guards out. And I mean, they still have the Bucks. Have, in my opinion, probably should have been Defensive Player of the Year. Brooke Lopez. They have Drew Holiday. They have Chris Middleton. Like they have a good team, not a championship-winning team right now, but a team that can get out of the first round for sure. So that's what I would think. But I've been wrong many a time. See, it'll be interesting to see uh, as that series uh, shifts back to Milwaukee. What happens? Do they play the two-three-two in the NBA or the two-two-one-one-one? Two-two-one-one-one. Okay. I don't know if anybody plays the 232 anymore. I kind of like the 232, but anyway. I think I'm the only person who is a proponent of going back to five rounds, five game rounds for the first round. I that'll, also like that. I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. Yeah. Money, money, but the T Wolves would already be out. <laughs> That'd be fine. That's fine for them. No one's going to be hurt if that's the case. So I think we'll, we'll shift over to, to the ice now for the NHL playoffs. And before I get into the series, that the the act the series is themselves. Um, to me, I think the most surprising part, um, has been that home ice hasn't meant that much so far. The home teams, um, so far in this uh this playoffs are eleven and sixteen. So the road teams are actually doing better than the home teams so far in this uh these uh, NHL playoffs, which is surprising because there are actually um. There are actually built-in rules advantages to being home in the NHL. 
right? You get the last change, it's called, in, in the NHL if you're the home team. So you get to see during, during dead puck situations, right? You get to see who your opponent puts on the ice, and then you get to decide who you put on the ice, right? So it's like, it's not a huge advantage, but there is an advantage to being at home, um, rules-wise, in the NHL. Um, so it's surprising to see them, uh, the home teams, uh, having struggled so much. Though it does look like um, the Kings are going to make that uh, 12 and 16 um, early, um, with that game being early. Um, also surprised we're going to have no sweeps in the first round. Usually we have at least one sweep um, in the first round of the playoffs. In the Eastern Conference, the Bruins and the Hurricanes are both up 3-1, um, heading home for game games five or game fives in each of those series. Um, I expect both of them to uh, to take care of business at home and advance from there, but we'll see. Um, Boston already dropped one at home, so who knows. Um, in the other series in the East, um, the Lightning are up 2-1 to one on the Maple Leafs, and the Rangers are up 2-1 to one on the Devils. Um, the Lightning have really impressed me. I thought... Um, I thought Toronto was going to have the upper hand in that series, but the Lightning have uh, have done enough to uh, take the two-one lead here. Um, over in the Western Conference, um, the Wild and Stars are tied uh, two games to two, with the Stars just outlasting the Wild three to two um, in Game Four. A few minutes before we started recording this, um, and then the other three series, the Avs are up two-one on the. I'm blanking on who they're playing. How am I blanking on who they're playing? The Kraken. That's right. Um, the Golden Knights are up 2-1 on the Jets, and the Kings are up 2-1 on the Edmonton Oilers, but up 3-0 after one in game four there. Um, so each series will have at least game fives. Um, we're going to have multiple game sixes, I'm sure. Probably at least one game seven, and I love NHL game sevens. In my opinion, NHL Game 7s are the best thing in sports. Like, baseball is still my favorite sport, but NHL Playoff Game 7s are the best. I'll take those over pretty much anything. Um, any questions about uh, the NHL? Have you guys watched any of the playoffs so far? It sounded like a couple of you were watching a little bit of the end of that wild game. Yeah, I, I watched the end of that game. Uh, I watched Game 1 of the Maple Leafs and Lightning. Uh, that was a fun one. Lots of high-scoring games in that series. Uh, I believe Game 2 and Game 3, they went like 7-3, 7-3, something like that. Just flip-flopped who actually won. So, lots of action. But that is what I expect with the with those players, right? You've got Steven Samkos, you've got Austin Matthews, right? So, that that's sort of what I expect. But yeah, it is it is high-scoring for hockey, for sure. Um, when you're talking seven goals in a game, right? I mean, there's been seven goals scored in a fair number of games. The the Stars put up seven on uh, Minnesota once as well. So, Wyatt, I know you've watched some AHL playoff hockey. Any NHL playoff hockey? Uh, like you said, just the tail end of of that uh, the Dallas game. Yeah, it's been a good it's been a good series. It's been a physical series, which is interesting, but. Sometimes the physicality tones down a little bit in the, like you don't see any fights in the playoffs generally or anything like that, but it's been a physical series. So I have not, I have not watched any yet. I'm waiting for the later rounds. That's fair. 
it, it does get better as it goes on as with any sports playoff. So all of these series will um, wrap up here in the next week. Um, I believe Saturday will be the last um, game sevens. Um, we'll be on Saturdays. We'll be next Saturday if they get there. Um, so this will be, we'll be on to the second round by the time uh, we, we talk next. So we'll let you know uh, what all the second round matchups are and how they're going. With the end of the NHL segment, we'll move on to our signature segment, starting with Mike's Stupid Rules. And for Mike's Stupid Rules, we're going to talk about something that happened in the Twins-Red Sox game on, what day was that, Tuesday? Tuesday. It had to have been Tuesday. Um, yeah. So Rule 6.01C in the MLB rulebook covers catcher's interference. Who can tell me what catcher's interference is? This is the easy part. I mean, the most applicable situation is if the catcher's glove gets hit by a batter's bat on the swing. That's catcher's interference. And then what happens? I don't know. I forget. It, it depends, doesn't it? How so? Isn't there some weird things like normally the batter's just awarded first base, but isn't there like some weird thing that happens that I'm assuming you're going to talk about? Yes. So you are correct that normally um, it results in the, that is the penalty is that the batter gets awarded first base. However, there is a um, provision that says um, in that rule, if a play follows the interference, the manager of the offense may advise the plate umpire that he elects to decline the interference penalty and accept the play. Well, that makes oh. sense. Oh. So catcher's interference, I'm assuming the outcome of that play was very beneficial and they elected to decline it. Yeah, so essentially what happens is um, the ball was put in play um, soft ground to third. It was fielded and um, thrown over to first, but the Twins' first baseman thought it was a dead ball when catcher's interference happened. So he had the ball, but never stepped on first base. And the batter ran to first base and got there, and there was a runner on second to advance to third. Um, if they would have accepted catcher's interference, no advancement, but they chose runners first and third in this instance. Exactly. Because of it, a lapse in the Twins' first baseman. Exactly. Because if it would have been an out, if the play would have been an out, they would have taken runners on first and second with, right, they would have taken, I think there were two outs at the time. So they would have taken runners first and second with two outs instead of, um, you know, being the end of the inning. So... Yeah, that was that was the difference, and and that ended up being uh, the run that forced extra innings in a weird game that Boston ended up winning five to four. So that I didn't realize you could accept the play on catcher's interference. I thought it was a dead ball. So that is your rule for the week: six point oh one C in the Major League Rulebook on catcher's interference being declinable. Essentially, any questions on that one? Nope. No, not, not at all. Very good. Awesome. Awesome. That will bring us along to a write the down prediction segment and our accountability session. Two um, predictions that have been on the board for quite a while that um, we're taking off. One I could have done a while ago, but I was waiting for um, Ariane to go confirm what he actually said in the episode. 
Um, he said that Russell Westbrook would get bought out or end up being sent home and not playing at some point this year. Um, I needed clarification for if he said he would be bought out by the Lakers because he was ended up being bought out by the Jazz, I think, right? Correct. But you did not specifically say what team he would be bought out by. Um, so this is a correct prediction. So ding-ding-ding-ding. And then Wyatt makes it a perfect accountability session. He predicted a long time ago that the Philadelphia Stars would beat the Memphis Showboats in week one of the USFL, um, which they did do, I believe it was 27-23 in that game. So I did not know the USFL started. I didn't either. Oh, we have another one that came off the board, actually. Which one? What did I miss? Hakeem Butler. Did got he get eight. up to his eight touchdowns? He did. He got two touchdowns and like 194 yards in that last game. So he which, ended with eight on the season. Yeah. Sounds good. I will take that one off the board as well. So Arian predicted that King Butler will have at least eight touchdown passes on the year, f- or touchdown reception, excuse me, um, for the Battle Hawks, which apparently he did with the game this week. So ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, thanks to like a <laughs> nine catch, 156 yard, and two touchdown performance, something like that. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, he had himself quite a day. We gave you a home run for that too, for some reason. Oh, so that's awesome. I did not remember that. Yeah. So I feel like I did. I have one about the them finishing 500 or better or something too. We'll we'll look at it. I think you do. Yeah. Is that official too? Uh, yeah. This was the last week of the regular season. Already? Mm Mm-hmm. Ten weeks. Okay, we'll take that one off the board, too. It's been ten weeks already since that started? Holy buggers. It has. They ended seven and three. I also predicted that the St. Louis Battlehawks will have a winning record in their new inaugural season, um, which apparently they finished seven and three. So, ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. I believe they also missed the playoffs by tiebreaker, so. Oof. The Seattle Sea Dragons got in instead. Wow, that's wow. a that's a worse mascot than the Seattle Kraken. I'm just saying. I agree. Also, let's stop adding things to accountability <laughs> session because we're four for four right now, and I don't want to mess that up. So I we'll, won't tell we'll, you if we'll I got any wrong. All right, sounds good. I'll find out eventually because I'll do a full <laughs> inventory uh, at uh, at the end of the season, which is coming up uh, at the end of May. So. So unless anybody else wants to add something to our accountability session, I'll put a prediction on the board here. Do it. Okay. So I'm expecting the Wolves to get bounced here in four or five games. Um, and Timberwolves fans are understandably not happy about how this season has gone. Um, and I'm going to predict that uh, the Timberwolves are going to do a little bit of a reset here this off season and they're going to trade at least one of cat or gobert excited yes as as cat is laying another egg in this playoff game (laughs) he does tend to do that i don't see them being able to trade gobert just because of optics right like you could trade him you'll get something back but the fact that you just traded four first round picks two pick swaps and walker kessler who did a pretty damn good rudy gobert impression this year in salt lake city uh doesn't because then when you trade him you're gonna get so much less back you're just gonna have when you have a player it's apples and oranges right picks and players 
when you trade him, now we got apples and apples. And I can see that you used to have 10 apples and now you have four apples. Like that wasn't a very good trade for you. Cat, I think you and I have both said that they should trade Cat before. I thought they should have traded him when his value was a little bit higher and get a big, you know, the ideal player, the three and D wing to pair to pair with uh Edwards. This, yeah, this, thank they you. Need to build this team around <laughs> Edwards. So Completely blanked on Anthony Edwards' name. Um, I don't see it happening, just because Gobert, like I said, just would look bad. And Carl Anthony Towns, despite his trials and tribulations, seems to be like a truly good guy that has good connections with the team and the community. I do agree with that. Um, I just I don't see them parting with it, and I especially don't see them parting with them after they've only had what. 25 35 games together maybe to actually even work this out we don't really know what it looks like with a full season under the belt maybe it looks better maybe it doesn't but i would definitely wager against this actually happening um to me i would probably throw it at a triple personally yeah i mean to me the only way you move gobert is there's rumors now that uh conley the gm has really, really strong Washington ties, and the GM job there is open. There's rumors that he might just leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and a new GM might say, I don't care if my old GM, the old GM That's looks fair. stupid if I trade Gobert. Not yeah. saying he a new GM would, but that, that's the only way it does happen. Conley's yeah. not trading Gobert this offseason. Kyle, you sounded like you thought it was going to happen, so maybe you have a different opinion than me. I mean, they got to do something, which is why I was saying at least I think this is going to happen, but... I think the argument I, against it is just injuries. Have, yeah, I don't have a big issue with giving this a triple, so... You had a lot of valid points, Arian, and you are a resident NBA <laughs> expert or aficionado, so yeah. we'll... We'll lean on there, on you there. So he's definitely our NBA resident NBA expert. You can tell because a couple episodes ago he was called out for being our resident NBA uh, expert. So I'm gonna get that on my. I'm gonna put it on my LinkedIn. It is. It is a. Uh, it yeah, is public. It's, it's in the episode NBA. description. So. Uh, so therefore, I also agree uh, a triple. I guess because I am the least well informed individual on NBA. <laughs> Do you have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? He's still alive. He's not liking the snow that was falling in Milwaukee this weekend, also in the Twin Cities. Um, it's great. It's almost May. It is still snowing. Um, so, yeah, that's fun. But um, what he uh, has been watching is the Bucs, and he sort of he agrees with this assessment, Arian, and he thinks the Bucs will win the series against the Heat. Um... I'm I think there might be odds on it, honestly. Yeah, yeah 538. I'll have Bucks. it if you want. I can look for that. I have Bucks at 196, negative 196 with Caesars and 80% ESPN slash BPI. See if 538 has anything similar. 538 says for only 43% chance. Oh, no. maybe this was at yeah. the beginning of the series. Yeah. Because that Four, seems like a very different. Yeah. Game. So right, probably right now forty-three, but they were saying, right? It's but that's adjusted for Giannis not playing the rest of the series. 
I would wager he'll be back before game seven if they have one. I I think it's single. I tend to agree. At at worst, 42%, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. 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 Sure. Throw it up there. Single it is. I'm going to pivot and talk about Formula One because after a three week hiatus, or about to be four, there is a race this coming weekend. We are Uh, back in Baku. That's right. I'm going to look Which at a long-term prediction. Is that on? It is. Uh, it's in the the country of Azerbaijan. I was going to say, I actually don't so know. Which I continent guess, is that? Uh, I, I don't know. I believe it's the <laughs> Middle East, but I don't know for sure. Well, the Middle East and... isn't a continent. <laughs> oh, I, I actually don't know. It's either on the far eastern edge of the European plate or on the far western edge of the... Uh, I would probably call Asian Kazakhstan it's, Asian, but probably, but I don't know where it's actually situated. I don't know where the continent of the bite is there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My <laughs> so, long-term prediction here is going to be that Mercedes will not finish within the top three of the world constructors championship at the end of the season. Where okay. are they right now? It, it doesn't even, it, it doesn't even matter to really it look doesn't. at it right now, Mike. Uh, it, it really it's doesn't. way too early. We're not at midsummer break. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Then I'm going to go look at the baseball standings. Uh, is it is it a rule that I'm not allowed to look at the so standings this early? You basically what you're saying is that Red Bull, Aston, and who else is better than Mercedes this season? Ferrari? No shot. You no say that. shot Ferrari is it's better so than Mercedes. Season. God. I think Mercedes is coming with some huge upgrades because of how far behind they got in their uh, basically research and progress into this this car, the W14. Last year when they were dealing with all those uh, porpoising issues. So, man, doesn't finish top three. This is highly (laughs) unlikely. It is. I think Mercedes is going to end up two better than Aston. Um, triple. What would you say if they don't finish top, yeah, triple. Sure. I think. I think this is probably a triple. I. I mean, I personally think Merck is set up well, but we could be giving him a lot of bases here. I don't know. Yeah, I think I would just say that. Azerbaijan is officially the Republic of Azerbaijan is a transcontinental country located at the boundary of Eastern Europe and Western Asia. So both. But it, it is. So where um, Baku's at on the far eastern side of Azerbaijan, that would be in the continent Europe, of Asia. Then. Oh, right. Eastern Europe and Western Asia. Yeah. Tur- Turkey is considered Asia. Oh, yeah. It? So it'd be Western. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah yes. So we got that out of the way. Yeah, I'm fine with yeah. a triple. I'm fine with that too, I think, yeah. And we got a geography lesson. We love that. Yeah. None you of us studied that, if you couldn't tell. You, you learn about more than just sports here in the 83 Live and Cast. That could have been our tagline. That could be the isn't. episode title, More Than Sports. Geography lesson. Where is Azerbaijan? <laughs> Where is the continent of the Middle East? 
Uh, it's out anyway, there. <laughs> triple it is. What do you have, Kyle? I just want to say it is the middle of the East. It is. You're not wrong. Oh. Um, Still not a continent. That's fair. I, I just said Middle East because I didn't know what continent it was. So uh, we're going to stay with the same theme of Formula One, Baku, as well as Mercedes. Uh, and I am making a prediction almost a little bit on the contrary uh, to Wyatt here. And I'm going to say that one of the Mercedes drivers will win this weekend in Baku. That, that's Hamilton and Russell, correct? Correct. correct. So those guys are pretty good, right? Uh, so right uh, now... Seven-time world champion and a up-and-coming star in Formula One. So I say, usually I just say, if I know their names, I should assume they're, they're pretty good. Because I don't know anything about F1. There is betting lines out. We have Give me one. Lewis Hamilton at plus 1,600 and George at plus 1,800. So uh, four and five, respectively. Oh, this seem like a double or a triple based on that then, right? Well, you have to... I mean... I feel like both of them, and they're basically yeah. one spot out. Oh, win. Sorry. For some reason, I was thinking top three. Podium. I was looking at Wyatt's prediction. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they probably will not. Verstappen is the clear... Um, uh, the clear favorite. I mean, he's probably going to win. And if he retires, I mean, Sergio Perez is like number two, right? Um, yeah. And you could probably make the argument that one of Lewis Hamilton or George Russell could beat out Fernando Alonso pretty easily. Could, but Fernando Alonso has had the third quickest car so far this season. Yeah, what if the car blows up? <laughs> Are they racing? Now cars are going to blow up. Are are they racing in the Ferrari red this weekend? Because I would say it would be a, much more likely. <laughs> I, I would take the matchup of Lewis Hamilton or George Russell, either of those two, on Sergio Perez, uh, assuming that he does not can't maintain track time. I don't know. So are we talking triple, double or triple? A, a triple is feel triple is a good vibe. Triple works. I am okay with a triple. I would have raised havoc with a double. Triple it is. What do you got, Arian? All right, I'm gonna take it all the way out to left field, and I don't mean baseball. Um, last weekend was the opening weekend of the climbing season. It's a big year for competitive climbing as we're doing Olympic qualifiers. So I will be watching that a lot this year. Um, last weekend took place in Hachiochi, Japan. Next weekend, we're going to be climbing in Seoul, South Korea. I am going to predict that at least one American male and American female will be in the Boulder Finals in Seoul, South Korea this weekend. So I, they don't have the rosters out yet for everybody that's going. But just judging by last weekend, there were six uh, Americans, both female and male, that competed. And in the women's category, there were 76 people. And in the men's were 91 people. Uh, and finals are six people. Um, there was a, a woman in the finals last week. There was not a man. Um, How close was the man to the top six? Not, not close. We didn't How, even get into the semis, which was like 24, 27. Did, did, was this somebody who just had a bad day? Or I was, are the American men climbers just not good? They were pretty good last season. Um, I was surprised to see nobody even got into the qualifiers. 
it's definitely not a given that there's a man in the finals. It's more or less a given that there's at least one American woman in the finals, just because we have two really, really good climbers for females. But the, the men is what makes it weird. You can pretty much give that a 50-50 shot for women, and then apparently our guys have sucked so far this year, so it's hard to tell. But what? Six divided by 91. Approximately 6%. Bump that up by like double. Because I mean, they're decent. It's like a 12%, I would say, chance of making it. Combined with a 50, what does that give us? Point five times point one two. It's like a 30% chance. That's very rough and random math by me, but take that for what you will. You guys just kind of have to trust me. <laughs> so double? I think a double or a triple feels right. I'm fine with a double. Man, the double sounds fine. I got faith in our boys. They'll do better than they did last week. That's fair. That's fair. With a single double and three triples, that includes our write-that-down prediction table, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311 cast, episode 220. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our social media pages at 8311cast on both Instagram and Twitter. Signing off for the 8311 cast, we have your hosts. I'm Omersh. Mike Ludwig. Ariane Barry and Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! <laughs>